Welcome to the Atalan Rising podcast. We are hosts, Adam and Lynn, uh, and today we're going to be talking about WandaVision because, amazingly, we've had five episodes since we last recorded. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the last two issues of We Only Find Them When They're Dead, two issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is pulling from issues nearly 50 years old at this point, and uh, also the latest issues of Fantastic Four. Hello, Lynn. How are you? Hey, I'm a prisoner in my own home. Still, but at least, still. But at, yeah, but at least I don't have COVID. Yes, that's the main thing. Neither of us have got COVID yet, which is um, which is great. I mean, I'm quite happy with that, especially with the uh, the, the the UK mutation that's happened. Oh, yeah, you stay over there. <laughs> I feel like it's like the worst X Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the one that kills everyone. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm joking about that. It's not really something to joke about, but um, uh, if if I don't, I'm gonna cry. But uh, oh man, yeah, it, it's it's um, vaccinations are going well here in the UK. We're rolling it out pretty well, so there is a a light at the end of the tunnel still, and uh, looking forward to whatever 2021 brings. Whether that means C2E2 in December, I don't know, but um, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't know. My my parents are both over 70 years old and still haven't gotten their vaccines yet. It It's harder to get than a PlayStation 5. <laughs> oh, because we're down with the kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it's getting better, though. I think um, hopefully lockdowns are going to be re- reduced soon. Um, I say soon, soon be in the next few months. But um yeah, it looks like the UK might be going to a prohibition era, era as well because they're, they're saying that pubs can open but not allowed to sell alcohol. So <laughs> what's the point in opening <laughs> the pubs? <laughs> Why do it? Uh, and, but, and you have to go home before 10 o'clock because the virus is obviously nocturnal. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I understand the ways reasons why they're doing it, but um, yeah, some things are a bit questionable. Um, but anyway, yes, we we have had uh, quite a, quite a good January actually. I think the last time we recorded was in December. Um, but five issues of One Division have gone past, which has been oh. nuts. <laughs> it yeah, it is, and you know it. It's fun because it gives me something to talk to my coworkers about because it's coming out once once a week. So all the water cooler talk we're missing out on. I get a phone call at lunch every Monday. From one of my engineers, he's like, "Are you busy? We need to talk one division." You know, I, 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 I'm so glad that I have like uh, yourself and uh, Sarah and all my Twitter friends because I don't get that at work, and it, it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody at work seems to watch one division. I'm just, it just, yeah, the, the, oh. the, the, yeah, really. What sad. are they watching? Boring stuff. Oh. <laughs> just boring, boring stuff. But uh, should we move on to the things that have happened and have come out and appeared in the last month, um, yeah. such as the Love and Thunder? That's right. Things. The set photos came out. I was ex- most excited to see Craglin. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, just seeing the set photos, seeing them all in costume again, seeing them filming. You know, Jane Foster's coming back, oh. and I, I think we've discussed with, with something this, but... to actually do. Yes, yeah, and, and, and me and you, we really like uh, Tyker's Thor, which is 
which is obviously really good because I mean the first two Thor movies are kind of uh, yeah, and then Taika comes along does Ragnarok. Yeah, we uh, my husband and I just finished a rewatch of all the Marvel movies, and watching the first two Thors, it was just oh, this this is a slog. Can we get to the Taika movie, please? I like silly Thor. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, is um. I remember seeing The Dark World when it came out in cinemas and, um, you know, I, I was really looking forward to it because the, the main villain was Malekith, who was played by Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. i.e. the Ninth Doctor. Then I went and read all of the Jason Aaron's Thor stuff. Um, and I, Which I is spectacular. Like, yeah, very, very good. Leads in from, um, you know, Thor becoming unworthy to Jane Foster to, um, you know, War of the Realms and all that kind of stuff. But I, I kind of feel like Malekith was definitely misused in that movie now. Uh, my opinion yeah. on the Dark World has changed dramatically. <laughs> he was forgettable in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't really think of him as a particular villain. I mean, I, I, I don't remember like how the plot points of the Dark World kind of went. I just try to remember uh, Eric Selvig just being a bit mental and... Uh... <laughs> That's it. That's it. Because obviously he got he got uh, touched by the Mind Stone in Avengers, and that's basically his plot point. Yeah. <laughs> but Thor four, the first uh, the first Marvel character to have four movies, which is yeah. nice. Looking forward to it. There's something else as well in there, which is the uh, the fact that it's kind of slowly becoming a Guardians crossover as well. Um, because since Taika's movie because with Ragnarok, they've kind of become two properties that really should mesh well. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of got the humor from the Guardians, and Thor's kind of this uh, quite a, quite a good cosmic character now. And with all the cosmic weirdness that happens and has happened in the MCU, I'm just I'm really looking forward to everybody meeting. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, speaking of everybody meeting, we've got WandaVision, where our friend Darcy from Thor. And Jimmy Woo have met. <laughs> yep. And yep. I, I have a, I have a soft spot for the Ant Man movies. I love Jimmy Woo. Yeah, they, you know, they're not the best out of all of the Marvel movies, but they're fun. Yeah, I, I, I do like how in their respective movies they are kind of the, the, the comedic ones. Um, but uh, talk about Ant Man just uh, really quickly. I know we've we've kind of spoken about this before, not on the podcast, but do you feel like we've missed anything from the Edgar Wright? version of ant-man well you know it would have been a very different movie and the way edgar wright wanted to do it i'm not sure marvel fans would have been that thrilled because he doesn't didn't like the idea of easter eggs and cameos he wanted to be a real standalone movie all by itself and i I kind of appreciate that yeah so you know you wouldn't have had you know the little fight with falcon and all the little bits through but you know it was um it was actually on sci-fi channel last night and i had it on in the background and i realized louise has to have been a carryover from the original edgar wright version because <laughs> the way he tells stories is just like the um the plan from Shaun of the dead yes yeah that that is true he is very uh, I... edgar wright I don't think I'd ever thought about that before, but yeah, that's that's entirely right. He just goes through it. He's like, you know, go and find mum, kill Phil, go to the Winchester, nice cuppa, and wait for this to all run out, all, all um, blow over. It's all blow over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I kind and of, it's I, acted I, out. You know, he's Luis is the Nick Frost of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's true. That's true. I, <laughs> oh god, that's like mind blown kind of moment for me now. <laughs> oh, and you know, yeah, I I kind of so you uh, can, you can of, still see his stamp on the on the movie. Yeah, definitely, and and I think that you know sometimes sometimes I wonder whether. Uh, the things that Edgar Wright does would would translate well to like American audiences, but then then I think to myself, well, yeah, of course they do because Baby Driver was quite a big movie, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> it was, and I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, need need revive. I know my friends say that it's it's a it's a good movie, um, but I, I've seen it. It's very marmite for some people, but you know, lots of movies are. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm ashamed that I haven't seen it because I do love the Cornetto trilogy and I love Spaced. Yes, yeah, spaced is very good. Like, um, I just, I just, just talk about space a second. I love the fact that an episode of space was basically what inspired Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's one of my one of my favorite things about that show. So, what else has come out in the last month? I mean, we've had some previews of a certain game. That's right. The Inhumans are going to be joining Marvel Crisis Protocol, which and they're... which which I have, and I still have only painted up uh captain marvel <laughs> who looks fantastic by the way yes yeah well, well the way i painted it or just the, yes, just the, the way you painted her you did oh, a good okay. job <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was wondering where you go with that. i was like the model is very good um yeah. but yeah all, all of the all of the actual sculpts and everything are very good on that on that stuff and and really look forward to the inhumans and i'm gonna have to order these now i meant to order the x-men as well <laughs> but never did um but i, I it's it's just the whole role play uh, tabletop gaming thing. I don't want to get too far into it because I'll just blow all of my money on it. Oh yeah, they're they're not cheap. Yeah, they're not. There there's two sets. I looked them up and you I don't know when they're actually coming out, but but they're available for pre-order. Yeah. And I think the Medusa and Black Boulder are one set and then Crystal and Lockjaw are another. I think they're both like 30 31 32 dollars for a set. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that wouldn't surprise me. I think they're about the same in pounds. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, sixty pounds for what is four models? Yep. Which is, you know, it's expensive. But uh, to me, I think if if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that, you might as well do it properly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, Lockjaw is obviously the best mini ever made. Because he's the bestest boy. That's right, and just drool. <laughs> it, it's he's fantastic. And it's and it's and it's bonus season, so I think uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think maybe part of the bonus this year might pay for that. <laughs> But uh, anyway, should we should we move on to one division because that's kind of the big yes. big thing the last few weeks? So let's do it. Okay, so one division five episodes have appeared in the last four weeks, which is great. Jimmy learned the card trick. <laughs> I am so proud of him. <laughs> I am so proud of him. He 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 is so gosh darn charming, and we need that because this is going to a very dark place. Yeah, it, it it really is. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, just before we go on to talk about the uh, the, the you know the, the darkness of or where it's going is, I really love that Jimmy Woo, uh, whilst he was like um, comic relief in yeah. Ant Man movie, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, they've kind of changed that around now. Same with Darcy, it's like with um, with Thor, she was very much the the kind of comic relief, stupid character, bloody bloody blah. Oh, I say stupid character. She still had a science degree, 
but now she's actually doing stuff and she's very important to the plot and I, I really like how they've changed that around and they've made them a very relevant character because they deserve it, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I think all the side characters from these movies are going to end up shining in the TV shows. And and they absolutely should because uh, Jimmy's such a great character. Darcy's such a great character as well. And I love how Darcy has changed from the first two four movies. And I love that they found each other because Jimmy Woo needed a friend. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps to, trying so hard. Just to share with, just to share his magic tricks with, but yeah, it's it's also the conversations they have when it's like you know yeah. she means one thing quite simply, and everybody's like, and then he goes on a tangent about you know do I want kids and little Jimmy Woo. <laughs> I like the best thing of that episode. <laughs> But uh, it, it is going to a very dark place, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised at how dark they were willing to go, seeing as how Disney owns this. Yeah. A- 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 as soon as I saw Sparky, I was like, no, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, don't, don't like this. Yeah. And you need mm. to read Vision. I, I, I don't want to read Vision if there's more Sparky death in it, because <laughs> uh, I can't deal with that. I, I, I was watching it, and I was like... No, no, that no, no, no. She's just wrapped him up. He's just cold. He's just cold, guys. <laughs> He's just cold. And uh, and then and then I ended up reading uh, Wolverine Origin the other day as well on on Saturday. And there's a there's a dead dog in that too. And I just I just I can't deal with that. Yeah. Spoiler just... alert: Sparky dies twice in Vision, but he's okay. <laughs> but he Sparky's is a... still in the comics. He's a he's a synthesoid in Vision, isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't start out as a synthesoid. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, who doesn't want to be brought back as a as a part machine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you ever been to DoesTheDogDie.com? Um, no, but I feel like that could be a very useful resource for me. It is one of the most useful things on the internet. Movies and TV <laughs> shows. It started out as just a site. You know, does the dog die? Yes or no. And then they expanded to add other horrible things that could happen on a show. Okay. Like, I mean, like eyeball trauma, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Gross. That's... And <laughs> I kind of feel like we, we need one for comics. We need, we need a does the dog die for comics. Yeah, I think that would be useful. I would definitely like that. <laughs> and just a big just... old warning on anything Donny Cates has ever written. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, there, is there kind of like shock, horror, gore here? Yes. Donny Cates, yes. <laughs> Does the dog die? Most definitely. Yeah, yeah poor. Uh... Poor bats. Oh god, I, I I just I just struggle with that. I just really do. <laughs> yeah, this, this episode was rough. Yeah. Because it, it, was it really was a very special episode. Now you're not a child of the '80s. Do you get that reference? I don't. I'm I'm just I'm just a young boy. Okay. So in the 80s, sitcoms would always have these very special episodes. And it was an episode that would deal with some real world issue. And you knew it wasn't going to be enjoyable. Oh, kind of like... um, There was a lesson to be learned on this episode. Yeah, it's kind of like in in Full House. Um, And they dealt with like some really kind of particularly difficult issues in that as well. Yeah. Like I remember the Family Ties episode where the cool uncle came over and it turns out he's an alcoholic. And it just breaks Alex's heart. Mm. 
Yeah, the uncle's in the kitchen. They don't have any alcohol, so he's drinking their vanilla extract. Wow. Yeah. That that wow. stuck with me from when I was a little kid. The uncle drinking it, the vanilla extract. Is um is Family Ties, is that the one that had uh, Michael J. Fox in it? Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's some pre- to to quote Back to the Future, that's some pretty heavy stuff there. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen it with Full House. It's kind of you know you do get it on like TV shows and and soaps, particularly like to tackle stuff like that. Especially here in the UK, it's like one every week. But it's um, yeah, it, it is pretty. It is pretty bleak. Yeah. So this this one had death and mom and dad fighting. <laughs> yeah. Although um, there was a lot of nice like eighty sitcom references as well. Oh like <laughs> I say nice. I mean it. it it's mostly just. <laughs> Uh, it's mostly just vision and, and wonder mm. just like you know flirting all the time and, mm. <laughs> uh, and making it ever and, so slightly uncomfortable the yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the hairstyles yes. the hairstyles i mean so much so much hairspray <laughs> big hair so for wonder and then like the most 80s look for for vision <laughs> oh dear oh yeah you know what wanda doesn't need sword she needs therapy <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah somebody yep. needs to get doc samson on the phone especially since he's played by sitcom tv dad ty burrell it would be an excellent cameo <laughs> and sword is outgunned uh yeah absolutely outgunned i mean they just need somebody to scene, talk her down just that one scene from episode five just shows how outgunned they are mm. <laughs> You can't blame her. Everybody she loves dies right in front of her. Her her parents, her brother died when she had a psychic connection to him. Vision died in front of her twice. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. I mean, I I, I mean, even just watching that on an Infinity War wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, and now she's puppeting around his dead body. Oh Jesus, that 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 part of Episode Four. <laughs> I know you suggested that a couple of weeks ago. I was like, no, they won't do that, and then. <laughs> Like, no, they did. They went there. Oh my god! She stole his body. I so so. Uh, my Friday night tradition at the moment is now like getting some fast food, watching One Division, and that almost, but not quite. That almost put me off my tea because that was just. <laughs> I was just watching. It, I was thinking, no, they did not do that. Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> and, uh, I I've I've just got that picture saved now, just in case I want to like shock horror anyone, but. <laughs> Oh. It was brutal. That was brutal. Oof. Yeah, I mean, poor Vision. Just he, he's yeah, he's got the shit end of the stick there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially as we find out with the like the basically the robot equivalent of a of a DNR. Yeah. Um and yeah, it it just sucks to be him right now. Um I I kind of I I'm really looking forward to where it's going though. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing and yeah, we'll get onto it in a minute, but just the pacing and everything's been great. Yes. Quicksilver was leaked. We knew he was going to show up. At least from everything I saw, I, I knew he was going to be there eventually. But I did love the, she recast Pietro. <laughs> that was good. I like that. That's why I love Darcy. And it's like, how strong is she? She pulled somebody out of another dimension? I, and, and think of who else they can bring in. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Come on, is it conspiracy time? No, yeah, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. But, but I think 
And we know Deadpool's going to be included in the MCU. So it does kind of imply that the Fox movies are their own separate dimension. Yeah. Yeah, which is um which is is it's going to be an interesting transition, I think, but I I don't know whether the, the Deadpool's just coming over because Deadpool. Yeah. Cuz it break, breaking the fourth wall and everything like that and just being self-aware is quite Yeah. Oh, but you know, speaking of the Fox movies, she Wanda was never called Scarlet Witch cuz Fox had the rights to the name. So now I'm I'm thinking by the end she might get her her silly nickname. Yeah, and, and you know what bugs me is in in Fox in the Fox Men stuff, mm-hmm. they never used her. Like they just didn't. Yeah. You know the the only reference that you got to Scarlet Witch is is when um, Pietro's mum goes go bug your sister to. I mean, you kind of assume it's Polaris. Gets uh, get, yeah, she gets told go bug your sister, and then she goes oh, but she's weird. That's the only reference we've ever had <laughs> to Scarlet Witch in X Men. <laughs> I I completely forgot about that scene <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably one of my favorite scenes because i'm like this could be this could be so much more <laughs> that, that that's my feel that's my feeling about all the fox x-men movies except logan <laughs> but i think i'm just put off of them by moist nightcrawler <laughs> why is he damp ugh, he's ugh. fuzzy why is he damp all the time i yeah yeah, because because clearly whoever made the X Men movies, at least the ones where Nightcrawler appeared, just don't. Uh, I don't think they got a true grasp of who they were. No, <laughs> I mean the the fight scene in the White House is awesome. Yes, but he's I, damp. I, I think X Men Two is probably one of my all time favorite films, just just because it was probably the first superhero movie I actually saw. <laughs> so, you know, I I love that movie to death, but um. Yeah, subsequent movies, not as good. Do you think this is all Wanda or is somebody manipulating her? I, I mean, if if we're going with the House of M stuff, it, it's got to be someone controlling her, manipulating her, right? It's just someone yeah. talking in her ear. Because yeah, I keep hearing people you know, saying Mephisto. But, you know, to me, it's so mojo. Yeah. How can you have a, a little pocket dimension where everybody's... Act obviously acting out sitcoms and it's broadcasting and it not be mojo. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do, I do love that, and I do totally agree that it is pro- such a mojo thing to do. Um, but I feel like I'm just a little bit biased because I'm not a huge fan of mojo and the mojo verse, um, which is why I'm kind of more inclined to say Mephisto. But yeah, he made you don't know, like mojo. He made the X babies. <laughs> why (laughs) i'm just i just i don't get it (laughs) oh you know you need to go on marvel unlimited and read the excalibur one shot mojo mayhem yeah i i think my my issue is probably that i've just read like um like issues of um i think it's mr and mrs x Oh, yeah. No, you need to read Mojo Mayhem. Art Adams drew it. Chris Claremont wrote it. So, you know, be warned. There's lots of words. (laughs) Because I don't like words. (laughs) 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 If if that's included in one of the... I think I, I think if it's included in one of the big epic collections from Excalibur, I might have it in, in, in some form of paper copy, but I'll definitely pick up on that one. Yeah. It's uh, maybe it's like the length of a you know double issue. 
yeah but but no i think i think you're absolutely right it absolutely is a, a mojo thing and um it would be really cool if they kind of did that and and i would i would love that but i'm just i just i just don't like mojo as much as i like mephisto i think is <laughs> <laughs> basically comes down to it it's it just seems like such a weird thing for mephisto to do yeah, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. But I mean, the, the way that I've kind of thought about it is almost like it feels like a combination of, you know, Wanda wanting to get her kind of one more day-esque thing. Yeah. You know, even one more day was was a trash comic book and just terrible. But it's kind of a combination of that and House of M, because obviously yeah. they couldn't, they, you can't set House of M up in the way that they've done uh, in the MCU. Well, yeah, when they have no mutants. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> I mean, she can't say no more mutants. Now she can say more mutants. mutants. <laughs> more, more, more mutants, please. <laughs> and then suddenly, <laughs> as if by magic, <laughs> Deadpool gets ripped from the uh, from the Fox Men universe. You get one more mutant. That's it. That's <laughs> I'm going to steal a new brother for myself. <laughs> oh, that was that was weird. I mean, we we knew it was coming because obviously uh, Evan Peters had been leaked, but. I was just waiting for that and I was waiting for it and I was like, okay, okay, when's it going to happen? And then knock on the door at the end of it and I was just like, okay, that's that's good, okay. yeah. yeah. Sure, and she, she really didn't seem like she was expecting that either. No, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, I wonder if she had literally been trying to, because th- that episode made a lot of issue about like bringing back people from the dead or bringing yeah, back like, stuff no, from I, the dead. Yeah. No, I can't do that. But what I can Thank do... <laughs> Is bring about an alternate reality version of my brother, um, you know. So I'm holding out for an alternate Sparky at this point, yeah. So, because that was sad. <laughs> that was so sad. I was going to sit here and weep for the rest of the episode. Now, Vision uh, needs to make a new Sparky. He does, yeah, and preferably, yeah, preferably a Symphaloid one. So, Agnes. Yes, Agnes. <laughs> Agnes, who's obviously Agatha Harkness, who has no driver's license. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But she does have that brooch. So we know who she is. Yeah. I, I, I just I just want Agatha Harkness just for one reason, which I'll which I'll come to on in a second, because I know you've got some other things you want to talk about, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh I get the feeling she's not as susceptible to everything that's going on, but she's playing along just to keep Wanda happy. Yeah, episode five was a good example of that. Yeah, Catherine Hahn is really good at sort of playing that underlying panic. It's very, it's a good life from Twilight Zone. I I had to research this because <laughs> because I've never seen any episode of Twilight Zone, and just this episode makes me want to want to go and uh, watch it now. Um, oh, because from the from the description I saw, it sounded pretty much what this exactly entire thing based upon. Yeah. yeah the, she- she is obviously Anthony Fremont, grown up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and lucky for me, the Twilight Zone is on is on Prime, so I might just go and watch this episode after we finish recording. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely like one of the top three issues. Yeah, that issue, that yeah. issues episodes. It's one of the episodes, top three yeah. episodes of Twilight Zone, and we have all of it on Blu-ray. So if you need recommendations, <laughs> I can tell you which are the best episodes. It's Definitely, ama- yeah. It really is an amazing show, and you know it ran from 1959 to 1964. You'll be surprised at how dark it is. That's the thing. I've 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 heard it kind of really does echo kind of society 
you know it, yeah. it's how do i put it it's almost like the what black mirror kind of became this uh, is from, the from original heard, black anyway. mirror yeah yeah and I, i've heard that a lot and i don't know why i've never given it a go because it just sounds like my kind of thing <laughs> it sounds like right down my street um but uh, just going back to Agatha Harkness, obviously, uh, from my point of view, I kind of want her to be you know, make a reference to a child that she wants, um, once nannied, once babysat. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> I don't because think then it's. I don't think Franklin's around yet. I I don't think he is either. But I mean, come on, that would be so good, wouldn't it? It's like you know, if she goes, oh, in the sixties, I I sat babysat this one kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're like, wait, wait, is she? Does she mean? Oh, it'd be so good. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the only reason I'd I'd uh, I'd, I absolutely want Agatha Harkness just to name drop someone from the Fantastic <laughs> Four because that'd be great. Oh man, I, I'm wondering when Doctor Strange is going to show up because th- this is way out of everybody's league except maybe him. Yeah, and and that's uh, and that's kind of there's a big suggestion that there's going to be like a Luke Skywalker esque cameo in this. Yeah, and and loads of people are like questioning whether they meant Evan Peters in in Episode Five, but I think it's going to be it's going to be strange. It's got to yeah. be strange. Seeing like, as how they're going to be in a movie together. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, we're going to get to Episode Eight or Episode Nine, which I wonder how they're going to release because Episode One and Two released one after the other. I wonder if Eight and Nine are going to get released in the same night, but. Um, I just kind of want it to be like a, an, a, a not quite an Avengers level event, but you know we mm-hmm. get like like Doctor Strange come down and that'd be so good. It'd be nice to see Benedict Cumberbatch again. I am so looking forward to Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I mean, <laughs> it's it's now the more we get of like Phase Four, the more it just seems to be like basically Marvel going, nah, screw it. We're just gonna basically take everything from every Marvel movie that existed to this point. And just smash it into the MCU. Yep. <laughs> it's it's like it's like an extended Secret Wars. That's what it feels like. Uh, and this, you know, Multiverse of Madness is going to be, you know, supposedly the scary one too. Yeah, yeah, because it was meant to be. Uh, what was it Scott Derrickson again? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was meant to be doing like a proper full-on horror with it. And yeah, I didn't trust them, but after watching WandaVision, I bet it's going to be scary because. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen is scary as hell in this. And and just the fact that they can do scary without having to put like a warning on like it. Like a warning on it or R rating. There doesn't have to be any blood. There doesn't have to be any like body horror or anything. Well, I say body horror. I mean there was body horror, but there doesn't have to be anything particularly gory, is what I meant. Yeah. Um to make it scary. And that's it's the underlying tone of it as opposed to anything particularly in your face. And that, that's the kind of scary stuff I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like I, the, the gory stuff. Although sometimes it gets a little bit unsettling because you kind of think, well, that feels a little bit too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you watch stuff like black mirror and you just kind of like, Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. A couple of years time. Hmm. You know, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those, you know, sort of background horror sort of sort of uh sort of genres and i have a new appreciation for paul bettany <laughs> he is I, I delightful have, i i don't think that i've seen him in anything else actually saying that other than the marvel movies and and the fact that he played basically a robot that was incredibly naive from yep. <laughs> from his inception 
Oh my god, baby vision. <laughs> I just yeah, I uh I'm I'm really looking forward to to Paul Bettany. I might go and try and catch up on see if he's got any more films that I might enjoy. The only one I know I of did. is uh, is Wimbledon. Okay, I know he was in A Knight's Tale. Okay, which I've never seen, but I've seen pictures of him in it. Yep. But he's very funny. I think that's the I think that's the best thing. You know, he's been put to really good use in this, and it's that he's actually got a really good sense of like comedic timing and. Which surprises me because, like, like I said, he's been kind of portrayed as this, like, basically just a, a supercomputer robot that acts as, uh, acts as kind of like the mediator in something. A lot mm-hmm. of cases, like in Civil War, he was very much a mediator, um, and uh, in, in in this, he's he's kind of become very much his own character, and I really like that because for for what is effectively a robot, it's he's, he's got a character, yeah, <laughs> even if he is a scary puppet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's. Oh. I, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to where it's going. I'm kind of waiting for him to find out, and kind of wait for it to all come crashing down. Which it's. It's starting to. Yes, it is. Yeah, and we're only we're only halfway through as well. I mean, we're we're five of nine, and uh, yeah, I can kind of see it all going downhill from here for just everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monica getting ejected. What was the yikes? But- yeah, that that was scary in itself. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like one of the one of the big moments of what was it, episode four, and it was just kind of like just seeing her fly through several buildings and all that kind of stuff, and just yeah. fly out the dome, and it was just like, wow, okay, this is where is this going? Yeah, you know, I I uh, when they said she was going to be in this, I thought, oh, maybe we'll see Monica get her powers. Uh, pretty sure Monica already has her powers, and she's just not revealing that yet. Well, I I thought that because the fact that she was able to get through that energy field, yeah, and like her her powers are very energy based, aren't they? They're yeah, um, she turns know, into a, energy. Yeah, I mean that's why they call her photon, effectively. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's just the fact that everybody or else Spectrum kind of like... or Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, <laughs> true, yeah, and. Uh... <laughs> If you if you haven't ever read her as as Captain Marvel, there is a a trade that exists, um, yep. which basically collects. I think it's her entire run because I don't think she was Captain Marvel for very long. Um, uh, it's got a bunch of stories in it, but it's not. I don't think it's the complete run because I have it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, she she was in there quite a while. I think as Captain Marvel, she was okay, in I, the I mean... first comic I ever owned, and I was <laughs> just good. fascinated with her. Yeah. I I think that's probably similar for me because I was kind of like I you know I I I really like Carol as uh, as Captain Marvel, but I was like, who else has been Captain Marvel? <laughs> Which is kind of why I've got like the you know a lot of Captain Marvel from you know Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up uh, Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. I've got all of um uh, of Carol as Captain Marvel. They just it, each of them are really kind of interesting, unique characters. And uh, Monica, particularly, I think for me is quite quite a nice one to pick out. It uh, it kind of seems like she's not that keen on Auntie Carol right now. I think Carol stayed in space right up until Endgame, so there may be some ab- abandonment stuff going on. Yeah, I I felt like that too. And a friend um, and I had a discussion about it, uh, who also is very appreciative of Monica. <laughs> um, he and he said basically the same thing. He was kind of like, it doesn't seem like she really likes her that much at the moment and you know i i kind of get it but i also kind of get the fact that in endgame it's explained that captain marvel is 
off saving other planets (laughs) she had stuff to do she did yeah and and a lot of stuff considering 50 percent of the entire universal population just disappeared (laughs) and i imagine she's got an awful lot to do afterwards as well since 50 percent of the universal population reappeared (laughs) so and she had a whole kree scroll war to deal with yes yeah that's true that's true but a kid Uh, doesn't understand that no and, and this is this is kind of an interesting thought because um uh you know i kind of want to i want i want an updated timeline for the mcu um and ignoring the spider-man timeline because they they completely messed that one up they just boot that one out the window but i i want to see you know uh where age of ultron sits in comparison to endgame and all that kind of stuff i'm assuming it's in real world time mm-hmm. in inverted commas it's but... it's a few years different yeah. I've seen like calculations where people are like, let's well, somewhere between 2015 and 2020. Yeah. And, and and the only reason I ask that is because um, you know, if you do it in real world time, then basically one division one division one division is set roughly 2023, I want to say, because Endgame mm-hmm. happened, Infinity War happened, um, or started at least in, in 2018. Um, if you go by in world time. But then, you, then you've got the whole point of Fury's big week, which was literally Incredible Hulk, Iron Man one. Um, uh, what else was there? Thor, Captain America, all happened in the same week. So <laughs> it's it's just very confusing, and I'd rather just I just want to get a distinctive, just set out in stone timeline. And, and also, there was uh, talk of missing astronauts. Uh, we know who they are. Yeah, yeah, we Come do. On. That's perfect. <laughs> I I think that's how they're going to explain where the Fantastic Four were all this time, and and the fact that they potentially work for Sword as well. Yeah, that'd be that would be a really good origin. That'd be such a good origin. And you know it it's easily explained at that point because if they are astronauts out in space, and the blip happened, you see in Endgame that it originated at Earth and then it moved out in a wave. Yeah. So. You could conceivably say that, you know, they're out there, Reed sees the energy wave coming, and then he does something characteristically Reed to save them. <laughs> and then body horror. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be really good. And I would really like that. And I, I just I, I just want them to just say, hey, we've got a Fantastic Four movie coming out now. Watch out because where the origins are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, I, th- I totally agree. I think that would be a really excellent way of doing it. And... I I really like the idea that Endgame is kind of like the reset point. Mm -hmm. You know, like we we talk about in comic books a lot with the the fact that a lot of people kind of put the toys back on the shelf. I mean, obviously, it kind of didn't happen quite that way, but uh, we lost quite a lot of characters. But actually moving forward, you could say, well, this is kind of the brand new MCU. And and Endgame was kind of like the line in the sand. This is the the hard stop from the previous. And then we go into the new and, and... yeah, I'd, I really love that. I just want Fantastic Four announced, like, properly. Yes, I know. I want, just show me who you cast. <laughs> yeah. Already. It's, I'm dying. And uh, and, and they also um, suggested that the astrophysicist that was mentioned, uh, well, there, there was, there was you know, somebody suggested to me that the astrophysicist that was mentioned was Reed, but I, I don't think so. I think that's going to be, that's going to be that Blue Marvel. It has to be Blue Marvel. They didn't seem like a very Reed kind of drone. No, no, no I, I kind of think, and, and and Blue Marvel would really fit as well because yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, he's an, an old character, even 
in, in the comics at the moment. He's a, an older character, I should say, not an old character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he would really fit. And I, I, again, I'd love that. It's kind of a bit of a niche kind of character. And he already has, a, you know, in the comics, a relationship with Monica. Yeah, yeah. So it would make and, sense uh, that that's the guy she she goes to. I, I just kind of love all of the characters that have got the name Marvel in just to, just to be featured <laughs> somehow in the Captain Marvel movie. All the Marvels. <laughs> we, we'll get, we'll get Blue Captain Marvel, Marvel into Captain Marvel 2, too. Exactly. Yeah, we've got, because we've got Miss Marvel, we've got Captain Marvel, we've got Monica, a.k.a. another Captain Marvel. Um, <laughs> we had Marvel in Captain yeah. Marvel 1. <laughs> oh, but no, it, it's really good. And I kind of like that even as a TV show, which is like 20 minutes, 30 minute episodes yeah. a week, we're just getting little kind of hints towards loads of different characters that if you're a comics book, comic book nerd, let's say you'd, you'd, you'd definitely catch. And if you don't know the comics, you can still enjoy the show. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing too overdone or underdone. It's just like little, little breadcrumbs in there for mm-hmm. the people that have been reading comic books for 20, 30 years. But then also just like everybody who's into the MCU. Yeah. And you know, he's a little young, but I think John Boyega should be a blue Marvel. They can that, age him that's down a, for the MCU. That's a, that's a good, that's a good character. That's a good, uh, a good actor for that character. Definitely. I think, I think Disney owes, owes him after what he <laughs> yeah. went through on Star Wars. Make yeah. it up to him. Make him blue Marvel. God, that, that, I, I didn't realize how much I needed that until you mentioned it. Like, is this, <laughs> this was one of those things where we make our notes and it's kind of like, is there anything you want to add on that? No, no, they're just so I mentioned in the episode. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a really good thing to add. <laughs> that's a really good <laughs> suggestion. And now I, now I don't want anybody else to play him. That's the, that's the yeah. thing. That'd be, that'd be such a good casting. Marvel needs to pay me to do their casting. That's what I think. <laughs> Although, although I will say that they do a pretty, pretty good job as they well. Do. I mean, I mean, you could, you could definitely get a recommendation payment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the format, though, it, it, did you, how do you find it watching this weekly? I there's a pandemic. I have nowhere to go. <laughs> That's true. You know. <laughs> That's this, very true. One a week makes me happy, and the shorter episodes. I don't know if I could have taken. 45 minutes to an hour of the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's basically my feeling as well. Um, it's kind of the leave them wanting more method. Definitely. I, I kind of feel like people just don't, there was, there was a, um, a, a, an article on this, but people just don't seem to know how to watch TV anymore Yeah, because at net, with Netflix and streaming and the streaming method, it's just, chuck everything onto a streaming site and just let everybody consume it as they want to consume it. But this makes sense. And it's very good for my, for my brain not to just like go, you know, what the hell is happening? And then just watch the whole thing for, for eight hours a day. Um, but also, like I said before, it's that routine of it. It's, it's kind of become a part of my Friday routine of coming home, grabbing some crap food and, and get my Marvel fix. Yeah, wake for me. It's waking up on Friday, not looking at Twitter until after I've watched Wandavision, because <laughs> people don't know how to behave. <laughs> well, the thing is, is obviously in the UK we get it at like eight AM. So if if I if I really wanted to, 
I think, well, this Friday particularly, I've got the morning off. I could probably get up at 8am and be like, just watch WandaVision and then get on with the rest of my day. But it would just totally break my routine and it would just probably, it will probably upset me and just be like, oh, I've got nothing to do this evening now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think with the pandemic, it's definitely a, a good way of, you know, producing content and letting people consume it. And we're going to get now a, just a steady stream of Marvel content now that all the shows are coming out. It's it's like uh, get my it's like a slow fix. hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get your local, get your weekly hit of uh, <laughs> of Marvel. Um, oh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to where this is going. Like I said, we're, we're about halfway through, so we'll probably have a couple more discussions before the series is up, and uh, and then we have got Winter Soldier after that, which is going to be good fun. Yeah, um, I didn't realize and- how much I wanted that show <laughs> until I rewatched, which is Civil War. Yeah, I think it's Civil War. They're all they all blend together now when you watch them back to back. Yeah, just in the car, right? Yeah, in the car. Yeah, yeah. can you move your seat up? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just I'll tell you what that scene is the best scene just because it's like um it, it's it's just Sam going oh so you like cats talking to Black Panther <laughs> and it's like <laughs> which you know is is obviously you. you watch that back and it's obviously a little bit sad because obviously you know Chadwick Boseman passing but um just the 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 kind of the relationship that that Sam and and uh, Bucky have is going to be so good I reckon cannot wait okay well (laughs) I think we've just discussed WandaVision to to death death. (laughs) so um no pun intended (laughs) oh don't do that don't do that (laughs) Shall we move on to comic books and uh, and whatever came out in the last couple of months? Yeah, so let's talk comics. So, uh, yeah, comic books. Um, <laughs> there's been a few since we last did a, a full review episode. But I, I've decided to catch up on all of the Fantastic Four from 2012 to now, which was fun. <laughs> uh, it, it was genuinely good fun, actually. I mean, I, I, I sign up to the Goodreads uh like uh reading challenge every year and i tend to just put trades into that which means i can get it up to like 150 books read this year which which is always good i i have a few comments from the entire series some are good some are not so good and some interesting facts as well which were <laughs> interesting when i when i was reading it and um first of all i'm gonna say hickman's fantastic four was good but also i feel like i've totally become hickman out <laughs> Because it's Hickman just... overload. Yeah. Now, I I don't know whether it was a, a comment since you've been on the show, uh, Lynn, or whether it was Doc that made it way back when. But somebody basically said that every Hickman story is the same. There are a lot of the same themes running through them all. And you know, for me, I quite like those themes. I, I think they're quite cool themes, but. Having come off reading a lot of X-Men and we did the big review of the X-Men stuff and, and me doing a big reread of his books um, and also being a big fan of his Avengers, I, I feel like this is what made the mirror shatter. <laughs> 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 like all of the Inhuman stuff was greatly appreciated, but it was just kind of like it, it's it's very similar stuff. It's very similar themes. I think I'm going to take a break now. I'm going <laughs> to... Back off from Hickman stuff because I was going to do a, a reread of the Avengers as well, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that a month or so. But the Fantastic Four, great. I think Future Foundation was a wonderful, wonderful concept. I love why they exist. I love Valeria. 
Um, she's probably my favorite thing about all of the FF series. Um, and her relationship with, Re- with Doom is, is really good. And I like how it's played upon when it's moved into Secret Wars. They're adorable. Yeah. She has no fear of him. <laughs> and he, he kind of respects her in, in no other way that, you know, in no way that he would ever respect Reed. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what, and that's what I really like. And I, I kind of like how he did that. And, uh, you know, I like how it's played upon actually uh, afterwards as well in like Matt Fraction's run. Um, which, coincidentally, is probably my favourite of the three runs I read. Uh, yeah, three Fantastic Four runs I read is, is Hickman, Fraction, and um, the other guy, which I've forgotten his name of. But uh, yeah, Matt Fraction's run is is probably my favourite. It's it's great. It's wholesome. It's just you know one of the best runs I think I've read in a long time. It was so nice to come off of that uh, <laughs> after Hickman's Hickman's kind of deep sci-fi level you know high level sci-fi kind of stuff uh especially with the mol uh, the moloids Uh-oh. they're the best <laughs> they are the best <laughs> and give some credit to mike allred too because it wouldn't be nearly oh, as God, charming yeah. without his art the the artwork of that series was so good and i'm one of these people who likes like kind of super realism quite often but actually this book being really kind of like really cartoony really down to earth just is just exactly what I needed. It was just goofy fun is the basically the way I'd say it. And and it had some really kind of deep stuff. It had some really mm-hmm. kind of, you know, simple concepts. But... And it also had, you know, purple green. <laughs> yeah. I um, love the Moloids. Yeah. They're so good. I, I just love the Moloids. It's just yeah. And and I, I I just love what he did. I love what he did with that series. And um and then it moved on to again the other guy, and I, I feel totally bad because I did not re- write his name down. <laughs> but I will say it's the same guy that did the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen screenplay, which was a total coincidence how I found that uh, found out about that because I was literally reading Fantastic Four whilst League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was on TV, and uh, I just randomly googled League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I found it was the same writer. A weird, weird coincidence. But yeah, now I'm up to the Dan Slot run, which uh, I'm going to reread from scratch, I think, again, because um, I did miss out probably a couple of runs in the middle uh, whilst we did the big kind of like five issue review back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed out the second run of that. And I think I missed out a point of origin as well. His recent stuff, Dan Slot's recent stuff, as we've said, and we will continue to say, has been really good and really enjoyable. But yeah, that's that's my <laughs> that's my fantastic four binge in a nutshell. <laughs> lots of inhuman stuff which i really appreciate actually yes yes yeah, so let's go let's move on to the new stuff we only find them when they're dead issues four and five yes they came out they were a good thing uh written by al ewing illustrated by simone de mayo uh color assists were by uh, maria sara miotti again sorry if i've butchered those names so i apologize uh letters by and world design and uh yeah like we said this is two issues today and they are really interesting kind of first and foremost it is a closing out of the first book um and it's amazing both the small amount of story that's actually happened but the huge amount of character development and like explanation of uh, george and his crew um just kind of recap issue four is basically a story of george going out to retrieve alice's body from the the cold depths of space with an emotional flashback to when George and Alice were kids, to George 
claiming food poisoning, meaning his brother took his place on the fateful mission that killed them all. It's it, it's quite an emotional one too. Paula still seems to be mad on revenge for Thierry, uh, George wanting to retrieve the body and the entire thing is just full of feelings and it's too much for me. <laughs> too many human feelings. Uh, <laughs> but the ending of issue four is pretty brutal. I was kind of reading it and I just had a sense of what the hell happened here. The visuals of it all just make it a like a, in my opinion, it's like quite a, a huge, overwhelming scene. And I love this book so much for that. And I'm not usually a fan of, you know, I'm usually a big fan of like lots of world building, lots of cool stuff like that. But this is just so perfectly done in its character driven, uh, character driven arcs. But then issue five kind of felt super subdued compared to issue four. Uh, the truth is revealed and George is not a nice person oh, at all. No, no. <laughs> Uh, Paula has been blaming him for the for something that she knew he had a part in and she was right um, I think she had a valid point yeah uh, you know I had a feeling there was something more to it you know other than just you know have them having a Jean Valjean and Javert sort of relationship here she she has a legitimate problem yeah totally reasonable and she had totally a viable reason to be pissed with him um it's terrible the way the companies were treating them. So you understand why they were doing what they were doing, but then at the same time, they manipulated her. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least George really wanted yeah. to manipulate her badly. Like, you know, effectively, he wanted to enable his family to blackmail her yeah. into doing what they wanted and, and having someone in the, the what is effectively the police force. Yeah. Um, you know, be able to back them up and that kind of stuff. And it was just like, wow, he is, he is a dick. Whether or not he's grown from that, <laughs> who knows? Doesn't seem to have done though. Maybe, maybe he'll get some growth in the second arc. Well, maybe, I mean, <laughs> hopefully, but I'm not entirely sure how the second arc even is going to fit into this one, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Cause um, yeah, just to kind of touch on issue five again, it's, it's, it, it does what issue four did in that it makes an issue uh, like a complete 20 page issue out of explaining like a small detail about the story. Although this one arguably is quite big. Um, and I really love the way it's done been done and the time skip and the flashbacks and everything to understand the story kind of moving forward. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the series as a whole. Um, although the second volume of this series Appears to be a completely different crew of two people this time, and a, t- a nine-year time jump. Uh, I don't think we're done with George yet. I think he's gonna be coming back. I hope so. You know, after <laughs> after the nine-year jump of figuring out where the the gods are. Yeah, and the fact that they found one, and then you know that the, literally the last page of issue five was uh, was like a, a whole a bunch god of them. just a, yeah, and they all just appeared out of nowhere to this. Uh, this crew of two um and literally as it mentions there's a nine-year time jump is like you know he catches them out of out of thin air but this book has been such a treat i it's been so good (laughs) i i've i've not i don't think i've raved as much about this book as i you know have about anything else um love it i love the fact that it's al ewing i love the fact somebody de mayo um really kind of looking forward to the next volume cannot wait i think for me i'd probably rate issue four kind of probably five out of five locked jaws and then issue five maybe less so because it was a bit more kind of people you know 
people emotions and stuff. <laughs> it's too emotional for oh. me. Oh no, feelings. <laughs> feelings, I don't, don't like it. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what did you think? You got similar kind of views or? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd probably give them the, I'd agree with your ratings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, never, I've never disliked anything that Al Ewing wrote. Which is, which is, I mean, that's a really good sign of a good writer, I suppose. I mean, Al Ewing has is, is really batted it out of the park ever since ever since I first read his stuff in in Royals. Um, yeah, I mean, fact, when his think, name's yeah. on it, you know that's a must buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wish he would stop making me cry over Incredible Hulk. I'm sorry, Immortal Hulk. <laughs> Immortal Hulk, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I still need to catch up on. I've been I've been so lazy about that one. I think I'm going to have to put that onto my read list. It's probably like the next few books. It is so Immortal good. Hulk. Yeah, I, I, I've heard such good things. I mean, the fact that he's got a hardcover kind of shows how good it is because Marvel don't make hardcovers for everything. <laughs> Stingy with the hardcovers. <laughs> yeah, but no, if if you haven't got this one, um, I think from memory it comes out in trade um, either this month or next month. Uh, so I highly recommend going and buying it because it is just such a it's such a wild ride and like I said, not a lot happens, but a huge amount of character development and character story. So if you're into that, definitely buy it. But should we move on to Guardians of the Galaxy? Let's do it. More Al Ewing. Guardians of the Galaxy, nine and ten. Script by Al Ewing. The artist is Juan Cabal. Colors by Federico Blee. Letters by Corey Petit. I hope I said that right. I, I've yet to figure out how to, how to say Corey's last name. Yeah, there's so many different places say so many different things. So yeah. maybe, maybe we should just ask him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is he on Twitter? We'll ask him. <laughs> Covers are by Raphael Albuquerque and Ryan Brown. The designer is Anthony Gambino. Assistant editor, Laura Namaro. And editors, Darren Shan and Mark Basso. I gave these a five out of five lockjaws. This was awesome. Yeah, it was. And there, there is required reading for this. You need to go back and read Marvel Preview Presents Star-Lord from 1976, which you can get on Marvel Unlimited. It's by Steve Englehart and art by Steve Gann. It features Star-Lord's original origin. And you'll see the Master of the Sun, who is the bearded guy you see in these issues. Yeah, kind of having read that for the first time specifically for this episode because i did actually do the prep work this time <laughs> <laughs> i i loved that issue of marvel preview yeah it's um, good i i i really liked the kind of the bit about jesus and then star lord <laughs> and it's 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 a real cliche but i really like kind of where sci-fi and re- religion cross over um you know it's, it's one of my dumb dumb things that i really like like the movie uh i don't know if i've, I've mentioned this before but the movie knowing Mm-hmm. If you ever seen that, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad Nick Cage movie, but it's just one of those like, it's one of those watches where I'm just like, yeah, I kind of like that because I liked how they touched upon uh, both religion and sci-fi all in one. And you know, do not skip the title pages of issue number nine of Guardians of the Galaxy, or Steve Englehart's like one page of text before Marvel, you know, the Marvel preview presents. Oh, I might skip that. Oh, you know, oh, you gotta go back no. and you gotta you gotta go back and read the words, Adam. <laughs> oh no, it's too many. It was just a big wall. Oh. It is a big oh. it's a big wall of words, but it's so important. <laughs> I'm gonna go and read it again now. 
because yeah, the, the the title page on issue nine explains that this is the official origin of Star Lord. Big... I, I, I yeah, I read the title page on issue nine. That was good. But, but the big see, wall of test. Oh, text. you you need to read Engelhardt's you know, essay at the beginning because he explains all the stuff about yeah how he researched astrology and it's real, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what well, What was he smoking at the time? Any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> He's also it's running Doctor Strange too. So. Oh God. He 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 sounds like like. You know how you get method actors? Was he like yeah. a, a method writer? Method, method comic book writer. <laughs> and it, it does, you know, it is important that you, you understand all the astrology background. But, you know, back to Guardians of the Galaxy, reports of Peter's death are have been greatly exaggerated. He's in some other dimension, possibly doing some polyamorous superheroing with Aradia and Moors in... The land beyond the sun. Yeah, this um, th- this this felt like an ode to the seventies and the eighties, right? I mean, <laughs> the colors, oh. the clothes, just everything. It was like a and party. It, it's me too. It looks like everything you'd see in a new age store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a really good description. Yeah, it it was just it was just you know bright. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much brightness. And, you know, so he spends 144 years in this other dimension until the Greek gods finally catch up with him. And he returns home to draw them away from Morinius, the, the land beyond the sun. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, I, I, this is a bit of a segue. I apologize. But <laughs> I've just finished the book Mythos by Stephen Fry. And I, I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested in greek mythology in any kind of any kind of level stephen fry does a really good job of breaking it down um but the interesting thing about it was the fact that obviously greek and roman mythology just cross over because they're yeah. more or less the same they're the same different names but also yeah different names just but same kind of same kind of stories but also the fact that norse mythology had been influenced to a degree by by Greek mythology due to the fact that, you know, Europeans traded with each other and all that kind of stuff. So my kind of silly thought was the fact that you have like Zeus and Thor slash Odin, because I mean, they're the equivalents in the, in the, in the, in the Norse mythology running around. So, I mean, it absolutely means we've got two or three of the same character, right? It's like, (laughs) no, uh, they are very different. (laughs) They are, they are. I'm really kind of, uh, simplifying it to the point where, you know, anybody came up, anybody listening to this who knows any more than I do would, would be able to correct me quite a lot, but (laughs) it's, you know, the way that Wikipedia breaks it down is very much like, um, Thor and Odin are kind of the equivalent of Zeus and, and stuff like that. But it was, it's just really very interesting if you're into it, Greek myth, but also how it was influencing Norse myth and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, and if you want to read a good Norse mythology book, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman. Yes, yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it sounds to me. I haven't read it. I do have it. It's on my bookshelf, but it sounds very sort of similar vein to Stephen Fry's book. Um, and if you're in- interested in any of that, they're all really great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, this both these issues were gorgeous looking, and everything's still very mysterious. You know, we've got these these layouts with all the pyramid patterns. 
And in issue nine, as they go through all the different houses, go back to the 1976 book and look at the focus on astrology. Yeah. Because, you know, as I'm reading through, I'm like, all right, there's 12 houses. I'm going to Google this. He is actually going through the, the astrological 12 houses. Those are the names of the 12 houses in astrology. So you've got your star sign, which is based on a date. And then the houses are based on time and location. So your planet moves through the different houses. And that's, you know, I guess part of how they do your horoscope. I'm not going to waste too many brain cells <laughs> figuring out astrology because it's all garbage. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> but, and then like, you know, your star sign rules a certain house. Yeah. So what, what's, what's your sign, Adam? Uh, I, I'm Aquarius. That's right. Okay. So you are the 11th house. No, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is community. Oh, I don't know what that means, but that's good. That's... <laughs> it, 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 your, uh, your house rules teams, friendships, groups, society, technology, video and electronic media, social okay. justice, um, and yeah. science fiction and all things futuristic. So basically, bang on. So I'm I'm totally here for astrology now. There you go. <laughs> Apart from the groups, the teams, the you know social stuff, <laughs> not particularly social. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, I I could I could talk about astrology a little bit as well because you know they they talk about the twelve signs and yet yep. technically speaking there is another sign out there. Um, what's it like? Oepidius or something? I can't remember, but. You know, there's the debated sign, and it all gets very confusing. I just, <laughs> I just tend to ignore it these days. <laughs> and then everything shifted apparently over time. So what you think your sign is isn't really your sign. Yeah, yeah, because because funnily enough, the the universe moves. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, I, I'm I'm probably not actually an Aquarius. I I think I actually looked it up not not too oh, a little while ago actually, and. and I think it shifted so much. I'm actually the next sign. Yeah. Or the previous sign. So I'm either Capricorn or whatever comes after Aquarius. Yeah, I, I think so. I read that too, where your sign is actually one of the adjacent signs. Yeah. It, it, that's what I mean. It's all very confusing because then you, that's why the 13th sign was then introduced because yeah. it's <laughs> because there's a new one up there and it's like, we don't know how, but we do. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it's um, if you're into that, great i mean i've i've done a lot of research into it i've read a lot about it but um i i wouldn't believe a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> or any of it <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but it is great that al tied back to that original you know introduction yeah. from 1976 that is attention to detail Definitely, and I mean, he he showed with Empire that he can do that attention to detail. He give him a, give him a stack of books to read by the sound of it from the seventies, and or, or maybe this is just like the stuff that he you know I don't know whether he's old enough to have grown up with it, but you know maybe. But yeah, you know, this is I am all here for this retcon of the retcon of Star Lord's origin. So I do love this retcon, retcon, but for anybody kind of unaware. Uh, Peter has had his origin in in previews, and then basically he was sporadically used by Marvel up until pretty much Dan Abnett, I would say, mm -hmm. um, on his Guardians run, and then 
Bendis came along and changed things again in 2013, and which more or less aligned him with the MCU. Uh, now we're kind of reinstating the original origin, which was suggested at one point to never have even happened in the 616 universe. It happened in an AU. Um, and it's all so confusing, but... <laughs> But now it seems like we're gonna we're gonna mesh the two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the that's the way they're gonna do it. Yeah, because when he comes back, it's time for the King in Black tie-in, where he saves his home planet of Spartax, kinda <laughs> from yeah, the symbiotes. Kinda, yeah. yeah, a little, little late. Like what? Two billion people are dead already. Yeah, that was a pretty it's that a was little... a pretty brutal. That was that was a brutal moment. Yeah. Oh, two two billion people are oh, good going. You're getting them out. No, two people, two billion yeah, people got, dead. Yeah, we, we oh. got thirty. Yeah, we got thirty thousand out. Oops. Mm, yeah. But wow, this this new Star Lord has certainly leveled up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's 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 evolved. He's a he's a different Pokemon now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's not going to be any use to Earth because he still has to deal with those pesky Greek gods. And he doesn't want to drag them over there. So now we've got Star-Lord's busy and the loudest guy in the universe is missing. So Earth is kind of on their own. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of... We kind of at a weird point because, yeah, like you said, Quill is just like now going after the Greek gods and just like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm doing this now. And the Guardians have still got to try and help out on earth it's just like, i don't know what's happening so, what are you doing now come on maybe he'll finish with them just in time to show up at the end i i i still do wonder if black boy is going to turn up in king and black you've got creatures that are vulnerable to sound <laughs> where is he where is he <laughs> do the battle where is he or she <laughs> in, in batman it was she but where is he what uh, is so important that you can't show up for this? And also, I'm pretty sure the Inhumans have a way of like just rebuilding vocal cords and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's basically what Vox did was remove his yeah. vocal cords, wasn't it? Yeah, they they, uh, they they actually did surgery on him and took him out. Yeah, they just put him back in and be fine. Which I, <laughs> I still think Donny Cates did just specifically so Black Bolt couldn't show up for this. I because it'd be too of, easy. Yeah. I think so too. I think it would be, oh, I, I just yeah. I, I'm 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 way behind on, uh, King in Black. I haven't read any yeah. of it. Well, they've got <laughs> but, now uh, like a, a shell made out of symbiotes around the planet. Wow, that's that sounds like um, uh, what was it the the symbiote planet? Yeah, it sounds like what they, that's that's pretty much what they did with Null in mm-hmm. the first place, wasn't it? They just yeah. wrapped all the symbiotes around him. Yep, um, that's kind of cool. I like that. I think I'm I'm definitely going to pick up King in Black when it comes out in trade, but it's just I, I I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love what Donny Cates has done with Venom. Um, hate what he did with the Inhumans, but love what he did with Venom. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for that to be kind of um, come to a close and and see what he's got up his sleeve with that one. Moving on to Fantastic Four twenty eight and twenty seven, which I'm now realizing we probably should have done after your. <laughs> Fantastic Four reread. Yeah, that would that would have that would have been good planning. That would have been made sense, but now we have a Fantastic Four sandwich. The best kind of sandwich. There we go. The writer is Dan Slott. Artists are R. B. Silva, Juan Ramirez, and Z. Carlos. 
Colors by Chris O'Halloran and Jesus Arbatov. Lettering by Joe Caramagna. Covers by Mark Brooks, Juan Ferreira, Joshua Casara, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau. Assistant editor, Martin Biro. Associate editor, Alana Smith. Editor, Tom Brevoort. I'm going to give these four out of five lockjaws. Just a just a quick comment: the Mark Brooks covers, which I think are the standard covers, mm-hmm. are incredibly good. Yes, <laughs> so good. They are gorgeous. I, I give this four out of five just because it seems like a little bit of filler just to close out the arc and wrap up to get Griever out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. to the end of the universe. Be happy there. Bye bye. Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, like like I said previously in. Um... In what you know, when we talk about Von Division and about Endgame, it's it's just kind of putting things back on their shelves, tidying the playing field a little bit. Also, there was not enough Nicola and Joven for my liking because I now <laughs> consider this the Nicola and Joven show. <laughs> it's it's now yeah, it's it just rename it Nicola and Joven. Oh, the, they, the they need their from... own comic. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, uh, there there's some some required reading though for this one too. Uh, Dan Slott and Mike Allred, Silver Surfer. <sighs> More? Okay. More. <laughs> but I need to pick this book up because... It's incredible. It's eyes, and it's Eisner eyes, award-winning. Yes. So I, I think I need to pick this one up. And I, yeah. I think... Did he get a hardback? I don't know. Yes, it's got, a, it's got an omnibus, but it's kind of a small omnibus. That's all right. So I'll it's, it's that, manageable. You can actually sit and read it and have, not be crushed to death. <laughs> You can't, you, you know, it's not like War of Kings where you kind of try and read it in bed and it's just like, you know, this it's is like ridiculous. a workout, just keeping it up. Yeah. Th- this spine is not up to the task. <laughs> I I had to admit, this is this sounds terrible, but for the, the War of Kings reviews that we've been doing, I've just got the books on Unlimited. The <laughs> the actual War of Kings omnibus, I just, I just, it's just my shelf now. It's just sat on my shelf. It just looks pretty. It, it's decorative. It's, it's purely <laughs> a decorative omnibus. <laughs> Oh, it was an incredible lot, a lot of money to spend on a decorative <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. But do I love bad guys screaming, Richards? Yes, I do. <laughs> I will be so sad if it's not in the movie. I will be inconsolable. I love that. <laughs> I really love that. And I also love how it's becoming more of a, like a, a running gag. Yes. <laughs> And it's it's also I love the fact it was about Franklin this time as opposed to Reed. It's um, his birthright as a Richards. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so good. I love I I I do love these two issues. Um, I kind of I kind of agree to an extent about it being a bit fillery. Um, mostly because I think coming off of Empire, you kind of got to reset the status quo almost. Yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of appropriate because he's almost certainly going to be doing some really cool stuff looking forward. And you know we've we've got Sky in this, and I didn't like her initially. I think I just didn't like the whole concept of that story, but I'm warming up to her, especially now that there's trouble in paradise, and and she's not too cool with Elijah hanging around, and neither is Nicola, which I'm really eager to find out why. Whose memories is she accessing that she doesn't like Elijah, and yeah. she knows Alicia? Yeah, the fact that she knows about Alicia. She doesn't like Elijah. Hmm. <laughs> is there something a bit bigger going on there that Dan Slott is going to tell slightly further down the line? I wonder. 
but I, I loved Sky in, in this one because she is so irritated with Johnny right now. Uh, yeah. she, she's not feeling the whole soulmates thing i mean you know one in a billion or one in a million yeah and when she tells Elijah, yeah i don't care what you do with him <laughs> just stay away from the kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah and her her reaction i think it was like the issue before these two but her reaction to johnny's romantic history was classic yep. yeah that's kind of like you know see what kind of a man whore he is but <laughs> so wait a minute you and you also dated your ex-girlfriend's sister <laughs> yeah uh just <laughs> i know i spoke about rereading fantastic four but i've also done a slight reread of uncanny and humans as well <laughs> and the entire thing about like um Johnny Medusa and Crystal coming to terms with that relationship is just such an odd few issues because I don't remember them. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember reading them the first time. And it, it felt, uh, it was very... Like, it, what is was, wrong with you people? <laughs> it was just like, what am I reading? But yeah, it was it was quite good. It was quite interesting. <laughs> just that whole thematic sort of, you know, relationship and everything. It was good. Oh, oh. Oh, but our buddy Franklin gets and immediately loses the Iron Man suit. Poor kid. He loved that suit. <laughs> he was so excited about that suit. He was. But I mean, it, I, I was so glad he got to, to use the Iron Man suit. That was the best. At bit. least once. <laughs> yeah. Plus a, a little hint that we haven't seen the last of his superpowers because, of course, we haven't. Everybody yeah. needs to calm down. Yeah. Chill, chill out, everybody. Come it's on. Come on. You know he's not going to be depowered forever. No. And, there, and there's I, um... obviously something up with that. And everything will be revealed in time. Definitely. Um, and uh, like I said about the Iron Man suit, it was one of my favorite parts of the Empire story. I mean, you you, you knew how excited I was when I saw that Iron Man suit. Yes. Was, <laughs> it's a good yeah. suit, you know. It really is. Um and, and you know, talking about Franklin and his powers, they're, they're gonna they're gonna magically reappear, reappear in some way, right? Um, I mean, they're bringing Molecule Man back. Maybe he can take care of that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, Bentley has one molecule. <laughs> exactly one, one molecule. <laughs> I like, and it was when Valeria was like, "Oh, if, if I'd been there, I would have got stuff done." And Bentley was like, y "You were there. <laughs> like you were there." And she's like, "Oh, oh, okay." Yeah, that's right. But I, I love yeah. Bentley and Valeria. I, yeah. They are very uh, cute, and Dragon Man. I, for, you know, look at talk about my reread earlier from from twenty twelve. I have a new love for Dragon Man. I had no idea who he was before, like this this run of uh, Fantastic Four. But it's easily one of the best parts from the FF runs. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said before, Valeria is amazing, and the one of the benefits of kind of aging her up as well, I think, is it so she can have like her uh, coming of age story storylines. Yeah, and it differentiates her from Moon Girl now. Yes, yeah, yeah, and because um, now we have the, just... the little smart one and the teenage smart one. Yeah, and it kind of I think it kind of fills that gap now with the, or you know, with Nicola and Joe Venn filling the gap of the two young kids, and then you got yeah. um, Franklin and Valeria as the the two teenage kids who are going to yeah. have you know angsty childhood and all that sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I do love what they've done. I love the fact that they are aged up. 
just it makes for more kind of stories i think because you read through hickman's uh avengers uh, not avengers hickman's fantastic four and you have valeria doing all of this stuff that you think you know she's like she's like meant to be like three or four years old in there isn't she mm-hmm. or like six, six at little. most i think yeah yeah she's not very old at all and he just I, I loved the way the Hickman wrote her, but I was like, she's like, she's so young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now, now both her and Franklin are like more or less, you know, almost teens, pretty much. No, now, they're they're so. teens, because yeah. let's see, she she's got to be sixteen because she failed her driver's test. Oh Christ, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. And the fact that you guys do your driver's test at sixteen is is also weird. But when do you guys do yours? So... <laughs> 17. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> so okay. It's a year a big later. Difference. But I do know that your test is a lot harder than ours. Yeah. Yeah. 40 hours in the bag. Yeah. I've had coworkers who had to do you know extended um, oh, assignments God. in England and they're like that test. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, it's not great. It's um, you, you do all sorts. It's an hour test as well. And you just go driving. Um, just, I know it's a massive segue now, but interestingly enough, if you do your test in London, um, and you get stuck in traffic, it still counts as the test. So you do, you basically do an hour's drive around London, but it's like you know you're stuck in the same stretch of road for twenty minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, the parking requirements are much more stringent for your test. Yeah, yeah, you have to be within the lines. Uh, and you, yeah, you have to, you used to have to back into them. I think it's less stringent now. You okay, don't have yeah, to back into Yeah, them. that's what they were all crying about was the backing in. <laughs> yeah, but you, you guys have like diagonal ones that you can just drive straight in and they're great. It's yeah. <laughs> on the side of the street, you just, you just drive straight in. It makes sense. But no, we, we have to back into them. Oh, it's just, it's just, yeah. I nearly failed my driving test. <laughs> but anyway, comics. Anyway, back to <laughs> comics. So yeah, the, the griever put them in their little, most likely death bubbles. Yeah, which you know I thought was interesting that none of them actually overlapped with each other, even though, like in Sue's, the rest of them are dead. Yeah. So uh, we had that loophole there. It's the most likely, and when it has the most likely thing ever happened, in comics. Yeah, I, I feel like with with Reed one in particular. Yes. Yeah. Like, what Reed did he do? Yeah, well, what what didn't he do? I mean, I I think Reed's is probably it feeds into your most likely thing a lot better because Reed is an ass most of the time, and <laughs> it's not like all of these. You know, it could well be that all of these most likely outcomes all have the same probability. So he he's got to piss off someone, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it depends on who's writing Reed too, because I think Dan writes a much kinder, gentler, has learned his lessons, Reed than other yeah. writers yeah whereas i think um I, then there's I, I hickman's think, reed yeah who's just plainly you know reed richards with a me- mesh with tony stark in there yeah. uh, and, uh, and then you have matt fractions reed which is kind of like i feel like a combination of the two um i i felt like matt fractions reed was more much more kind but not to the level of Dan Slots, and I think that's quite. Uh, it's, it 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 does show development, and I quite like that. Yeah, Dan Slots is much more super dead. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of hope that's the version we get in the MCU. I hope so too, definitely. And I I think if they get the right actor for it as well. Yes, especially if he's going to interact with Peter, <laughs> which he yeah. should because Peter and Johnny are friends. Exactly. Yeah, and um, it would be. 
you know what they did with the fan four stick um oh. movie <laughs> yeah i mean they aged them down a little bit and i kind of i kind of in, i kind of liked that but i also didn't like that i felt like um uh, you know the guy that played human torch was like what mm-hmm. 20s mm-hmm. i feel that would work quite well for for the mcu uh, especially if they're all kind of aging up in real time yep so that'd be nice I'm just going to throw this in there. RB Silva and Jesus Arbatov make a very pretty Silver Surfer. Oh, it was, wasn't it? And it, it it's uh, yeah, it still it's, follows on from. Silver I would hate Silver to have to draw well. him. You know, he has to be like one of the hardest characters to draw. Yeah. To make it, him it's... look shiny, and then to color him in the oil slick version of Silver Surfer. Which in itself poses his own kind of issues because, like, they they do do the oil slick kind of, uh, you know, you see all like the purple and the blues in yeah. the in the black, and I I really like that. And yes, it was very very pretty. This I think this whole book was very good. Yes. Um, or both of the issues even. Um, and particularly like I said with the Mark Brooks cover as well, it's like we're in for a real treat when we pick this one up. And this year on August eighth is going to mark sixty years of Fantastic Four. 60 years <laughs> 60 years so I'm, I'm i think they might have something special in store yeah that's a good point because they've um announced life story yep um which looks to be great i mean the fact that i mean spider-man's life story is very good yep fantastic four life story i'm hoping will be better <laughs> you know <laughs> because very good and you know if you can if you can beat what they did for life story for spider-man yep. then and if you miss it in humans, you know they're showing up in that. <laughs> yeah. There's no way they get around that. I think after reading literally like the last decade's worth of Fantastic Four, the amount the Inhumans uh, kind of turn up in the Fantastic Four books, I didn't realize was quite as much as it was. I mean, Medusa was yeah, a member of the sh- FF. For... Yeah, they're a huge part of the story. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I don't know why I didn't see that. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe it was just because they weren't recommended to me, but yeah, I was incredibly surprised. I was incredibly happy every time they turned up and you know, black spot on the cover of one of the FF books. Yep. It's just perfect. I just got, just going to throw this in here. I managed to score one of the Michael Cho fantastic four posters from Mondo. And I hate you for it. It's the first <laughs> time I ever got one of those stupid posters from them. I was so excited, and they sold out in seconds. Yeah, because didn't you say uh, you and your husband were both trying at the same yeah. time? My, my husband was trying simultaneously, and I got one, and he didn't. <laughs> and and yet he didn't he like put it in his basket first or something? I can't I can't remember what the conversation was now, but it, it must have been simul. We were both you know, like refresh in different rooms, refreshing the screen, and he's like, it was in his basket, and right before he checked out, it's like, nope, it's gone. Oh, imagine if you got two. Oh, I know. You could have, you could have, you know, gifted it to a gifted it to somebody. A, a, a poor British boy. <laughs> 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 no, but that is it is such a pretty print. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at it and I was just like so jealous, so it's, jealous. It's gorgeous, and you know there was a little teeny Karnak on it, so I had to have it. <laughs> Absolutely, why not? Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm... I was so mad too because if you go on eBay, five minutes later. People were already selling them for double the price or more. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, and that's, I, I do hate that. It's, it's, it's like you see it with, um, 
like uh, you know all the other things that are like Marvel exclusive or or SD uh, uh, you know C two E two exclusive that you that you saw. Um, like the you know the remember that Wolverine comic book? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that one was sold there for like you, know, you get it twenty dollars. I'm pretty sure I went on eBay not long after C two E two finished, and it was like you know sixty seventy dollars. It's just you know I I, I I I know people are out there to kind of make a quick buck, but it's frustrating. Give the people who want it a minute to get one. Yeah, well, yeah, there is that too. <laughs> Instead of trying to, you know, there's manipulate so, them into... There's only like 250 of them. But you'll find a buyer for your poster. Come on. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for comic books, isn't it? It's, um, it is. So, I, I guess, what what's coming up? I mean, what are we, lo- what are we looking forward to in the next few months? Oh, I'm looking forward to a, uh announcement at all. Of when they're going to come out with Darkhold by Steve Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, WandaVision's oh, going to be over in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to need some more Wanda. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, I think last episode this was meant to be a um, it's meant to be like a Darkhold. Darkhold is meant to be a Scarlet Witch book. Yeah. Um, and come on, come on, guys, no, just just release it already. What are you waiting for? Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm totally looking forward to that one. But, but it's been written. That's the thing. We know that it's been written because it was solicited. It, it's out there. Come on. The only <laughs> reason I think I I can think of why they're holding it back is because everything is so jumbled because of yeah. COVID. Black Bolt's supposed to be in it, and then it's be like, well, how? <laughs> you know? Well, did, didn't you know he's got magical powers? <laughs> yeah. How? Well, he he just shows up. Where was he? <laughs> uh, I'm, it's kind of like they need to bring him back before they release this. That yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's kind of why I'm on the kind of why I suggested is Black Bolt going to turn up right at the end of King in Black? Yeah, uh, purely because you know at least that'll give some background of where he's been and what's happened to him. But it could just be. Then they'll say, oh, he was just around. Around, you know. <laughs> he was over there. He was just waiting for his time uh, time to fly. How's he in there called? Magic. <laughs> but he's not magic. Magic. <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to... Obviously, WandaVision is ongoing at the moment. Um, like we said, four more episodes of that, which will take us up to what? Uh, so what, 12th, 19th, 26th, and then the 5th of March. And, and then, then on and March then 19th. Which is a two-week wait between the last episode of WandaVision and the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, Friday night traditions can continue. There you go. So, I, 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 it's like you said earlier, it's the whole buddy cop thing just sounds like it's going to be great. And Agent 13 gets to be in it and get to say more than like two lines. So, I was about to say, I had heard rumours that Falcon and Winter Soldier um, has to come before... Uh, Black Widow, for whatever reason, because huh. uh, there's a few suggestions that you know there's gonna be things things from Falcon and Winter Soldier that link into to Black Widow. But oh, really? I can't remember if um, it was either before or after. It was one. Of, I mean, obviously it's before or after. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember if Widow got pushed after that due to the fact that uh, or, or Falcon and Winter Soldier got pushed right up because uh, because of that. But who knows? Hmm. Interesting. Did you see the rumor that Chris Evans was going to come back? Uh, I did see something that so-called confirmed him as coming back as Captain America, but uh, 
Can we? Do you reckon? I mean, I, I think the only logical way they could bring him back is old Cap in She Hulk, so they can do the old Cap story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I'd I like, like the old Cap story from She Hulk a lot. Yeah, that's from um, Souls Run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which actually, I managed to pick up whilst I was in the states uh, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. for five dollars a book, which is which is really good. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think that would be worthwhile. I think that um, Chris Evans did such a good job as Captain America, and uh, it would be good to see him back. But it's also I kind of feel like his story is sort of told. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the old Cap story, you know, it's a nice well, little know, cameo. Be... Yeah, but it's not like bringing his character back fully for, you know, New Avengers and that kind of stuff. And if they did the old Cap story, they could always bring in Charlie Cox. Who is going to be in Spider Man? Of course he is. That's because <laughs> that kid Spider-Man's needs a lawyer. Everyone. <laughs> oh, that's a good that, point. Actually, he yeah. needs a lawyer so bad. Oh, that yeah, that's a good point. I completely forgot about that. I forgot about the ending of Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's nice that he's returning. That's the main thing. Yeah, he was such a good casting as Daredevil, and he was so sad when it got cancelled. I think we all were, weren't we? That's, uh... We were, but you know, he, he was so sad personally. You know, and and I I I know we've mentioned it before on the show, but the story about him uh, finding it very difficult to act as like a, a normally sighted person after that. <laughs> Poor guy. Just it's like you know, it, it feels like you know, I, I live with a visually impaired person, and it, it's very difficult to fake that and. The fact that he managed to do it so well and so kind of um, so appropriately mm-hmm. was just was was great. But yeah, just the story of him going onto another set and not being able to look somebody in the eye is like <laughs> so sad. So <laughs> I wonder what roles he lost because of that. That's yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's been ruined for everything else. He has to be Daredevil forever. Uh, yeah, which is fine. That's fine. What else? We had the final issue. Of Saladin Ahmed's Magnificent Ms. Marvel coming out on February 24th. Yeah, that's sad. 75 solo issues, though. It's like we said before, it's it's a great milestone Mm -hmm. for a character that's not even six years old yet. Yeah. 75 solo issues is is insane. But you know she's getting another comic. She's got a TV show coming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I think they're probably going to make some, you know, subtle changes to the TV show just to... um, Make them make them align a bit better, which would be fine. Um, but I just, I, I just, I kind of really want G Willow Wilson back on it. I know. It sounds, uh, you know, not the yeah, Saladin Armin hasn't done. He did a, a great, great job. job. Has, yeah, but G Willow Wilson is just like the writer of Ms. Marvel. She's she's got her voice down. So uh, yeah, I suppose last thing is Eternals. How did you find that one? I, I've I've got it. I just oh. haven't read it yet. <laughs> no, I loved it. It is really good. You, you know, that's a definite add to the poll list. Even yeah, if my, my own, I only have one complaint, Sprite looks weird. Oh, that's yeah. I remember you were uh, sending me pictures. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yes, she doesn't look like an like an 11 year old child to me. She looks like a really short middle aged woman. It's 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 the hairline. It's it's the hairline. I think. It's- it's a very odd way to draw hair for a child, um, especially. Other than that, doesn't... though, it's fantastic, and it it is yeah. beautiful. 
Yeah, well, I, I said Ribic or Ribic. Is that his, I said Ribic. 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 Yeah, he, he just... Yeah, I remember Secret Wars and just loving every single issue of that oh. due to his his artwork. It's just mm-hmm. so good. But that's good that it's it's good. I'm glad that Kieran Gillen is back at Marvel and, and writing for them. Um I also picked up um Once and Future King, I think by Kieran Gillen. Yeah. Ha- haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. We'll 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 report back when I've read it. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, so stay tuned for all of those things. I'm particularly looking forward to Falcon and Witness Soldier, mostly because it's the mostly because it's the nearest thing. But <laughs> um I guess that's it. That's it for the episode. Uh thank you everyone for listening. And just remember you can get into contact with us. Uh try go into our Twitter, which is at Atalan Rising One, or you can email us at that the show at atalanrising.com. If you've got any reading suggestions and um we'll be sure to get back to you. Um and catch you next episode.